Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. How are you, Hector? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm all right, mate. You're looking very dapper. Uh, you know, I try sometimes. <laughs> once, in a, once in a great while. Well, my best buddy, uh, Ollie, he was the best man at my wedding, and I've known him since he was 13. He's come to visit me, so I'm very happy. Nice, nice, nice. He's in the uh, control room there with uh, Justin, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The poor fella just got off the plane, and I, I dragged him to uh, my place of work. <laughs> Shout out to Ollie. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Ben, if you're listening to this one, um, it's your turn next to uh, come and uh, witness a taping of the podcast. <laughs> well, so we've got uh, Summer Gill with us today. How's it going, Summer? Hey, good. How are you? <laughs> yeah, very well. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah um, I don't think we've ever met, have we? I think I just know you from. Oh, you no. said 2014. You came to school 2014 or 15. I saw you from about 500 feet away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we did not interact at all. Yeah. So nice to meet you. That's, like, that's well, a safe distance for Ben. Yeah. Now, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, one of the things I love about doing this is I do get to meet people who I kind of always already feel like I know because, you know, we're all talking the same threads on the line and stuff like yeah. that about different stuff. And we all know a lot of the same people. Yeah. So it's just nice to meet you. And um, and thanks for coming. This is yeah. Badass. yeah, I feel like I see all of these people on social media. I'm like, I sort of know who you are. Like, you're a lot taller than I thought you were. <laughs> he gets that a lot. I know. Yeah. He gets that a lot. <laughs> I know, which makes me wonder what people think I look like. You know, <laughs> this little dude well, <laughs> you know you're playing Irish music they think you're a little leprechaun <laughs> oh, I wouldn't mind being a little leprechaun a little short, it'd be easier on short, planes cute, yeah. <laughs> so what we do on here is we just get a little bit of an idea of people's musical journey and um, ask you some broad questions and the first one is why did you start playing music and how did, how did that all come about like where, how old were you and what was the environment when you were young relating to music yeah. Um, so I guess I didn't really ever have a choice <laughs> <Right>. by <laughs> that. I, I don't mean like I was forced into it, but um, so my grandmother on my dad's side was a piano teacher and an accompanist and she was in choirs her entire life. And then um, my dad and my uncle both ended up being musicians like they neither one of them can read music at all or play a lick of piano but <laughs> they've they've made their their livings in music for uh most of their lives and right. so when i was about seven my parents asked if i you know would want to take piano lessons and so i said you know because i was seven and i didn't really have many opinions so i was just no, like yeah. yeah sure sounds like a fun thing to do yeah. um and i'd kind of always sung around the house and i music had always been in the family so yeah. i would yeah. sing along and i grew up going to my dad's gigs so right. um that's huge actually yeah, yeah so i did i did classical training for uh about seven years like seven to 13 or 14 ish yeah um but when i was 10 i decided that i wanted to do uh my fifth grade talent show and i told my dad that and like i hadn't i was too scared to sing in front of anybody before right. so i i went up to him and he was just like great you want to do the talent show what's your talent <laughs> right, <laughs> I was right. like, i was like well, i want to sing so i sang to a karaoke track and um i was my knees were shaking the entire time but it was great like i, I got a standing ovation um oh, yeah. and a mcdonald's coupon out of it nice. <laughs> and from then on um <clears throat> My dad started because he was he was still kind of doing gigs. I mean, he was working as a teacher at the time full time, but still doing gigs on the side. 
And so he learned a few songs that I knew on the guitar, and then I would learn some songs with him, and then we started doing our duo. And I that was my job from middle school on was like every pretty much every weekend middle school and high school we were we were playing gigs together right. awesome. so yeah and then i started doing it full time uh once i graduated college in 2016 cool yeah so that's such a I, I don't know if we've had anyone on here maybe a couple of people but it's pretty unique that you you grew up through it literally yeah. like an apprenticeship almost yeah pretty yeah, much cool. <laughs> um what kind of music were you and your dad playing together um, so I grew up on a lot of like Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel and Motown type stuff was at a, a lot of Elton John. I, pr- I, I exist, I exist due to Elton John. Right, right. <laughs> my, um, my parents actually met because my dad was playing, uh, I need you to turn to at a bar in Alabama at like three o'clock in the morning. And my mom was like, I got to talk to that guy. <laughs> um, that was 40 years ago. So it was, it was a lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff. And then, so it was. He would teach me, you know, the older stuff, and then I would teach him the newer stuff. But it was a lot of a lot of singer songwriter okay. um, kind of things. Is, are you Florida born and raised? Uh, Florida raised, not Florida born. Right. Um, I was born in the British Virgin Islands. Okay. Um, and so I was born in Tortola, and we lived there until I was three, and right. then we moved back. So is your dad um, with his music? Did he travel a lot with that? Yeah, he um, so he started doing it, I guess, when he was about 19 is when he started gigging. Um, And he that was in Virginia Beach. He's from Michigan originally, but uh, the family had moved to Virginia. And so he started out there and then went to college in Virginia. Um, Then he went to college a bunch of different places, (laughs) Um, but then like went down to South Carolina. So he played there. And then when he moved to Alabama, he was playing there, which is where he met my mom. And then he ended up getting um, getting a job in Miami after he got his master's um, in Alabama. And so he was he had a residency type thing at this pub in um Miami and would play around Miami while he was, you know, doing his other biology job. Um, But then from there, they moved to Peru and he didn't really play like out in Peru because they were in a tiny fishing village. But when they came back, he played more in Miami. And then when they were cruising on their sailboat, he would play in like the Bahamas and BVI and stuff. So, yeah, he's he's definitely traveled around a lot. That's neat. And, um, you know, I think it's interesting as well that – you know, both you and your dad finished college, you know, did college, yeah. you know, and then chose to do music like this uh, as a career um, just because of, for the love of it, basically, yeah. not out of necessity. Right, you know exactly. I mean? Which yeah. I think is cool. What did you study at um, university? I did media communication studies. Right. And um, like I, I loved FSU. Yeah. I loved I loved the campus and the teachers and stuff there. I hated Tallahassee. Right. <laughs> I, I couldn't stand being there. So I I did it really quickly cuz I when I got there like I was already pretty established down here like doing gigs even as like a high school senior. Yeah. Um I had a lot of connections and I was kind of like I already have a job, but you know, yeah. I I want to have college as like a a degree for sure. a backup. Yeah. Um It does one is for you just kind of self-respect too, you know what I right, mean? Just yeah, to know yeah. you it can was, do it. Yeah, and just and honestly, just for like the experience of it, like it was nice to sure. nice to be there. Um, but but yeah, I um, 
I did I did my first year year and a half or something and with the with the major that I had I remember like once I got accepted into the school of communications going down like the the paper that they give you to check off like all the classes that you have to take and I checked all of them off and they were like you only have to take like three more classes and I was like peace <laughs> like, right, yeah. I'm out they're like how did you do this and I was like I don't know I just signed up for all of these classes beforehand nobody stopped me so yeah I did I did it in like two and a half years yeah great yeah Damn. that was yeah, that's awesome saved yeah. saved a lot of money too I don't have any student loans wow so. that's cool that's yeah. that's really nice. Yeah, I did a degree. I did a music degree, mm-hmm. and um, I'm glad I did it. it you know, it, like you said, you know, the experience, just the the fun of it, you know, and go, moving to a new city. Yeah, you know, I did a lot of growing up because yeah, you know, absolutely. It's like eighteen, nineteen, just sort of figuring out who I was. I went to a boarding school prior to that, so I really was like. I had no idea who I was. Yeah. Like, and, you know, so going to university was pretty essential to yeah. a couple of years of just figuring <laughs> that out. Right. Uh, um, yeah, so when it comes to writing your own music, what what would you say are some uh, musical influences um, that you have in that respect? Um, my first one that I can think of is probably K.T. Tunstall. Right, yeah. Um, and that was the fifth grade talent show that I was talking about the song that I did was other side of the world by her um and that was the first album that I really remember listening to all the way through just on repeat and every song I was just like this is what I want to do like this each each song meant something to me even as young as I was um but yeah I would say KT Tunstall and then later on in high school Ellie Goulding Right, really, yeah. really did it for me. I think my parents thought there was like something wrong with me because <laughs> when I was when I was sixteen for about six months, I just played her album Halcyon just on constant repeat yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. I'm sure they were really tired of hearing it, but um, that and then uh, Ben Howard is probably like my top right. uh, songwriting influence of all time. Not that I I don't I don't really write songs the same way that he does or like try and emulate him or anything, but just like. I think my goal a lot of times is with whatever I write to make people feel the way that his songs have made me feel. Right on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of like the the way that he does his poetic license <laughs> in everything. Yeah. So what's it? Do you have a process when it comes to writing? Uh, I I wish I did. Right. <laughs> I feel like I'd be a lot more disciplined if I did. Um, but no, I. Usually, there have been a few times where I've sat down and been like, okay, I'm going to write a song. And it's usually when I'm, like, collaborating with somebody. It's like, okay, I have, you know, the this set of chords or this, this instrumental track that I'm going to write to. But generally, if I'm just writing by myself, it has to sort of, for lack of a better term, just sort of come out of thin air. Like yeah. a a melody will come to me or a phrase or even sometimes it's just a word that I just latch on to and I'm like, I want to use that in a song. Yeah. I feel like this this word is pretty and yeah. I feel like people need to hear it sung. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and then and then I'll try and sort of form something around it. But I don't I definitely am like lyrics, melody first and then I'll figure out the the instrumentals after. And that's that's definitely where I my 
being a singer first comes in rather right. than instrumentalist because I I kind of gave up the classical piano thing because I I didn't really care about it. I I just wanted to like supplement my voice. Well, when you get to a certain point with, you know, classical training, it's like you either go into overdrive and yeah. like play 7 hours a day and yeah. and just fo- focus on that and that alone. Yeah. Or you don't. Right. You like you I, mean? I feel like you either have to you either have to have a deep love for it or just like insane discipline. Yeah. And I didn't have either one of those <laughs> things. I was like, I'm already good at singing and I like the singing. Right. Like I don't I don't really feel like uh spending any more time learning for a lead. Yeah, fair enough. Did you uh, did you ever have any singing lessons? I yeah, so I did um I did choir for I guess nine years and then when when I gave up the classical piano it was because I was going into I went to a different piano teacher and he was kind of teaching me how to adapt songs so that I could play and sing at the same time and he was kind of also um a vocal coach yeah he he did more of just like song adaptation for me I think that more so than um vocal coaching but my my high school choir teacher did a lot of um a lot of vocal coaching with us not necessarily one on one but yeah. i i got a lot from that that's where i learned to sing too yeah yeah, yeah in choirs at school yeah, yeah for sure yeah thankfully it it came sort of naturally so i i didn't it was more like tweaking things rather than having to yeah. really like learn how to form notes sure. you know yeah yeah i found as i've getting older i've got a singing teacher again now because it's Whereas it used to come naturally, now I do have to do things like warm ups and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, if I if I could have if I could give you any advice from an old fart, it would be <laughs> uh, it'd be look after it. You know, yeah. because you take it for granted, and then all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I've I actually have been thinking about that, like, because at this point now it's been, I guess, six years, and I do average about five or six gigs a week and i can i can feel when it's getting tired yeah when i and and i can i can also tell like i can't necessarily push it as hard as i used to yeah but i also some of that is like just not wanting to for sure yeah (laughs) just like so you know you you pick and choose the gigs where where you try harder (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um but yeah i i definitely uh have been thinking about sort of going back and just you know, re re relearning some things with a vocal coach. For sure, one one of the things that my vocal coach told me is that um, when you're not singing, just try not to talk mm. like in the week as much as possible, yeah. which is literally impossible yeah. for me. I do a podcast for that right. sake, so that's not happening. But uh, you know that that was what she was saying is just rest it as much as possible, and yeah. that's really good for it. I'm sure most people I know would uh, agree that I'm constantly talking, <laughs> whether they've asked me to or not. So, <laughs> so um, do you enjoy um, playing out as much as you do? You still you still get a kick out of it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Yes, and no. I um, I I am very lucky to be able to do what I do, and I right, I yeah. do love what I do. But it, I just for the sake of being completely honest it it wears on you sure. after a while especially, That's why I asked, yeah. yeah yeah especially after um just 
so so many in a row yeah. um and, that, and that's kind of what i'm saying is like you you pick and choose the gigs that you try harder at like yeah. sometimes sometimes it's like i'll show up and i'm like oh nobody here cares yeah. <laughs> so it's like i'm basically whisper singing the whole time i'm like i'm gonna play all of you regina specter deep cuts and nobody's <laughs> going to care because you're not listening to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <Been there>. but <laughs> yeah no i i i do still love it i i would like to um sort of sort of cut back on it for a little bit maybe and like i i'm never gonna i'm never gonna give it up entirely but um but I I would like to just sort of give myself a little bit of a break. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think writing in terms of being creative with it, you you can overplay if you're trying to be creative. Yeah. Because you know you just the last thing you want to do is play music if you've been, if you've had five gigs in a week. Right, and that's yeah. the thing is like I don't I don't ever want to get to a point where I resent it. Yeah. Um, because it is it is my first love and it's what I've always naturally been drawn to and what I've always been good at. Um, and I've I also I've tried to be good about uh, giving myself a break every year. Yeah. Like I usually take about a month off yeah. every year and just go travel and just like I don't even touch a piano or yeah. <laughs> sing a note. For, I noticed on on, for, the, for on the social media you went went to the Virgin Islands and it's interesting that you were born there. I didn't yeah. realize that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so okay. I was I was there for two weeks uh, last June. It had, it had been a while. I I had been back in twenty. 18 but um i hadn't been back since then so yeah, that was, it was it was really nice to to get that break and then i'm actually in like five ish days uh leaving for six weeks to go to europe oh yeah cool where are you going <laughs> i am going to spain france germany s- sort of switzerland for a couple days and then back up to germany then denmark the Netherlands, and then flying back from London. We're spending the last like week in London. Neat. Me, yeah. um, the, Ollie and I, when we were younger, we did that like two or three times. As I love doing that. Just yeah. Those Europe trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much fun. And it's so easy too with the trains. You yeah, can exactly. just pop around. This is pleasure. You're not playing or anything. Where you're no, like, no, no, yeah. no. Every, everyone's been asking me. They're like, oh, you're going on tour? And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 I am. Yeah, uh, this negative. is strictly pleasure. <laughs> yeah, man. No, that's good. That's like, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Work-life balance, is what, it's a difficult thing to, to uh, attain, you know. Yeah. And I think in the U.S. especially, everyone is really there's – a, there's a lot of cachet put on working hard. Yeah. You know, like it's – a lot of people base their whole kind of sense of self-worth on how hard they work. Yeah. You know, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that until it starts kind of affecting you, you know, yeah. physically and mentally. I feel like we're just having this conversation right before the podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel, like, I feel like also too with like in our line of work, I mean, maybe – I don't know if it's the same for you guys, but I also feel like a sense of guilt – yeah. being tired yeah. with like what with what I do because I'm like I have sometimes I have to step back and I'm like I really only work like three four hours a day but but I also it's I emotionally have to, taxing yeah and I have to factor in I'm like I have you know there's there's the drive there's the setup there's the actual playing where I have yeah. to be on and like I am the source of people's entertainment right. for for these few hours and then you know when people want to come up and talk to you and like tell you their entire life stories and just dump on you like what this one particular song that you played means to them it's like oh i am now your therapist okay yeah. gosh <laughs> like didn't didn't sign up for that but i i definitely go through also just like feeling guilty that i'm not 
I, like I feel like I don't get to be tired because I don't yeah. have like the traditional yeah. nine to five or something. No, I hear that. Yeah. Um, it's well, it's a lot of things. You know, it's the late nights too. Yeah. Um, I I start. Yeah, that's the other thing is we start we start the day at like seven yeah. eight yeah. p.m. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and you know that it does start to take its hold after a while. These days, Kilbillies doesn't play that many ten to twos. We do them every yeah. now and again, but it's mostly like. You know, most of our gigs are ended by 11 these days, which yeah. is actually a blessing. We a lot of like six to nines and seven to ten. Oh. Amazing. Six, a yeah. five to eight is yeah. my bread and butter. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can be in bed yeah. by nine? Amazing. <laughs> On a Saturday? <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, I don't think I ever feel tired or, or like guilt for being tired. I think for me it's more just because of the family and everything, just feeling like, you know, they're all gone during the day, school and work and everything else, yeah. and, and, and I'm not necessarily gone. And, yeah. then, and then they get home and I leave and I go yeah. to the gigs, and it's usually like Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays, and yeah. like, that's when they want to hang out and play and do stuff, right, and yeah. I'm not there. So that's where, I, that's where my guilt comes from. Yeah, that, well, that's, not, that's the other thing is like whenever people have <clears throat> invited me to do things in the last like six years, I'm like, I'm like, on a weekend? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No, <laughs> no, hundred percent. I d- I don't get to <laughs> in the in the brief periods in the last ten years where I haven't been playing every weekend, I have no, no idea what to do with myself because yeah. I'm just so indoctrinated into it. I know. Like I can't remember what weekends are like without it. Yeah, <laughs> no. Every every once in a while, I'll have like a like a Friday or Saturday night off, and I'm like. I go and sit at a bar somewhere and I'm just like holding my drink nervous. <laughs> is somebody yeah. is somebody going to make me do something? Like do I do I have to sing a song? Like yeah, what, we didn't, we what didn't do I play, do? Uh we didn't play last Friday cuz he was playing in his other band no name Scott. He was playing down south and um I like I don't even know what time it was. It was like 8:30, quarter mm-hmm. to 9 or something and yeah. we're just sitting on the couch watching TV. And my wife turns to me and she's like Aren't you supposed to be somewhere? Right. I'm, like, I'm like, no. And she's like, you're not playing tonight. Like it was like yeah. this, this shock of you're not playing tonight. I'm like, no. Yeah, it's always it's always so weird to me when I'm I get to be part of the people yeah, on, a, yeah. on an actual weekend yeah, yeah. and not just like observing them from yeah. behind. You the know, keyboard. I I sometimes sort of think about that and like try and analyze it a little bit. It's like why? Because I I've never really particularly been that comfortable just hanging out in a bar. Mm-hmm. I would prefer to be doing something, yeah. even if it's work in the door, yeah. you know? <laughs> like having a role in that situation, yeah. I, I, I enjoy just feeling t- kind of useful because otherwise I'm just sat there twiddling my thumbs. I, yeah. You know, I've never really enjoyed that. And I think maybe that, you know, it's part of how I've ended up in the position I'm in doing this every yeah. weekend is because I think, honestly, I, I, I prefer it. I enjoy it. Yeah. I did go through a brief period of time. I was drinking too much and stuff where I did start to resent it. But then I sorted that out. And now I'm back to just really loving it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't really imagine doing anything else, honestly. Yeah. Well, that's that's why I'm I'm excited partially for uh, this trip I'm about to take is like I'll get a big, long break. Yeah. And then I feel like I'll have enough time to miss it and come yeah. back and be yeah. like, all right, I'm, re- yeah, I'm, ready to go. I'm ready to get back into it and like have, you know, more inspiration for, yeah. <laughs> for life in general. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to your own music... um, is it all uh, self-released at this point? Yeah. Yeah. And um, have you have, have you worked with um, anyone in terms of writing or in terms of sort of promoting it, or is it all just coming from you? It's it's all been independent uh, thus far. I I've been working with um, I don't know if 
you've had them on here or not, or if you know them, but the Brian and Jeff from Raincat mm-hmm. Recordings. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been working with them. I met them when I was like 17. Right. And they're they're like older brothers to me. And we work really, really well together. So like I'll bring them a bare bones song that's just me and piano. And then both of them are just have that, you know, producer mind. So I can I can tell them kind of a vague idea of what I want. But they also like speak my gibberish language, (laughs) what I'm trying to explain to them. And and they can make it happen so every everything that i've released has been with them right. thus far yeah. it's um, excellent i've been listening to it you know yeah. this week to kind of you know just in anticipation of meeting you and it's really really very well recorded and a lot of people yeah. swear by brain cat and love yeah. the place yeah. yeah and especially and it's been really cool too just having having been with them for so long it's been like almost 10 years now um which saying out loud is scary <laughs> <laughs> i didn't really think about that um but just seeing how much growth they've had, because when I when I started going to them, um, they were still recording out of like their little spare bedroom, and their vocal booth was like one of their closets in the back of their house. Right. And you know, going to each studio that they've been at uh, thus far, but they yeah they've they do a really 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 good job. Yeah, it's awesome. I yeah. we need to go and check it out at some point. We're sort of due a recording at some point and you know yeah. maybe we could go do some demos up there is it in Fort Pierce or Port St. No 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 it's uh, Jensen Beach Jensen Beach yeah, oh right so it's right much, there much closer yeah oh, it's, it's about oh. a 45 50 minute drive from here okay that's awesome yeah, yeah. I live in Sequester so it's like 20 oh, minutes oh yeah so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah even closer yeah cool I should, I should head up there and just introduce myself yeah. I only you know we're all friends on Facebook and everything but I've never met the guy so yeah. I should have up, head up there at some point so outside of your gigs do you when you're at home, do you practice nope. still? <laughs> I can say that real quick. Um, I'm not proud of it, but I'm going to be honest with you. I do not I do not touch my piano for the most part when I'm home. So, I mean, do you don't like sit down and try to work out like a new song or something? Or I mean, obviously, uh, well, you're, obviously you're writing, but I'm saying like even the, with the covers and stuff, you don't like sit down and try to work it out or are you just kind of wing do, it? I do. So, I mean, yeah, if, if if I'm writing, then yeah, I will sit down at the piano. Um, but when I'm working out a new song, honestly, in recent years, I've been kind of just learning them on the spot at gigs. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Um, like people, people will come up to me and, you know, they'll always ask like, do you take requests? I'm like, I do if I know them. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And if I know the song, but I don't know the chords, I like I always keep my phone on yeah. uh, on my keyboard, and I'll just Google the chords and sort of figure it out if someone's asked me for it. And if I like it, then I'll look it up the next night and just keep like looking at the chords mm-hmm. each night that I'm playing until kind of yeah until yeah. until I have it memorized and just sort of play around with it then. And especially if it's like a gig that there's not that many people at too. Right, exactly. I, can, I do the same thing. Yeah, on the, I can just sort gigs. of mess around with it. Um, yeah. A lot of the songs that I bring to the band, I've been playing in uh, the solo gigs, you know, yeah. and just figuring out like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like people come up to us at regular full yeah. band gigs even yeah. and Ben's like, you know, uh, yeah, we can do it. And we're looking at it. James and I are looking at each other like, I've never even heard the song. Right. And Ben's like, oh, it's easy. Just follow me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. It is a, that kind of busker mentality. You know, it, it's it's kind of a blessing and a curse. I'm the same way with that. You know, yeah. like, I, you know I could figure things out pretty quickly. Got yeah. a good ear for it. But, um, you know, it, by the same token, you know, you can get lazy with that sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably, uh, you know what, before we do that, uh, do you have any, what's, what's in store in terms of like, have you got any future plans for like what, your music or anything like that? I, um, I have a couple of things in the works um, at Raincat. I can't say like any sort of specific release date or anything because I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but there's there's been a couple of things like that I wrote um, during quarantine and you know the apocalypse and all yeah. of that that have have kind of been <laughs> the on apocalypse. the back burner it's kind of been on the back burner um so i'm i'm hoping to when i get back start focusing more on those and and getting those more fleshed out and uh recorded and ready for release cool sure. and just keeping on trucking with these gigs going on yeah. vacation coming back fresh yeah exactly <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome all right well um let's hear some of these uh original numbers that you do then all right yeah. sounds good let's do it Oh, it's better down the line with all that you ever wanted. I live 
Five Six One Music is brought to you by Handlebars Bar and Grill, which is a biker bar in Sequester. Um, it used to be called Judy's, and it's had a, a multitude of other names before that. Um, it's been there for a really long time. It's part of the furniture in Sequester. If you head north and US One out of Jupiter, it's just going to appear on your right. It's a yellow building with a yellow sign that says Handlebars. And my father-in-law, Peter Pinello, reopened the place um, because it is just such a landmark and a fun spot for bikers to stop off at that um, he, he figured it was it was worth reopening it because it kind of slowed down a little bit. And um, Victor, the guy who was running it, was running out of steam a little bit didn't want to do it anymore so peter 
my father-in-law reopened it and we cleaned the place out, put tons of work into the place and uh, the beer is cold and good there now and uh, Bernsey, who does the food, is doing a grand job and it's a fun spot. You should come and check it out. Um, it, if you come on a weekend, there's usually a ton of bikes out front and uh, just people hanging out outside and the food's good. On the second Thursday of every month, there is a bike night and um, on the fourth Sunday of every month, I do an open jam. The bike night on the second Thursday is from six to nine, and the uh, open jam is from four to seven. And uh, yeah, you should come hang out. If you want to come uh, to the jam, it's a really easygoing one. We just, uh, we just, so I set up a drum kit outside. Um, a buddy of mine, Cody, brings his drum kit. And uh, I set up a little PA, and whoever wants to play can just come and play. It's like, you know, beginners to experts. Uh, if you want to just come and try something out, or if you've never played with anyone else before and you want to just come and experience being in a band, we'll all be there hanging out and playing music. And, and that is actually this Sunday, so um, swing by this Sunday and check it out. Very cool. Uh, our second sponsor is uh, Backsaver, Backsaver LLC. And uh, if you go to Backsaver, ask for Dr. Christopher White. He is going to take care of you. He's a, he's a board-certified chiropractor, is a, one of the best, if not the best, in Palm Beach County. Um, we are fortunate enough that he has sponsored our 561 Music Festival, which is absolutely amazing that he's done that for us. Um, he's a good friend. He's a great guy. Uh, if you've had an auto accident, a slip and fall, anything like that, uh, go go uh, check out Backsaver. Look him up, backsaverllc.com, and uh, doc, talk to uh, Dr. Christopher White, and he'll hook you up. Cool. And this episode is also brought to you by Oasis Root Carver Bar, which is a cool carver bar on Indian Town Road in Seagrape Square, which is 185 East Indian Town Road. And it's a great spot. Jim is a big lover of the arts, and that's why he um, wanted to help us out and, um, and sponsor the podcast. And, you know, without sponsors, we wouldn't be able to do this. So we really, really appreciate it. And um, if you like um, Carver and Kratom, this place has the most high-quality stuff you can get in the area he gets it from a distributor that no one else gets it from it's really really good and it's also just a a chill place to go hang out a lot of these places are a little bit like kind of mini clubs you know they're sort of like uv and really dark in there and a bit weird Uh, um this place is just like a chill cafe it's nice bright and breezy and and there's just good conversation and everyone's friendly so if you want to go to a really awesome carver bar or or if you've never tried it this is the perfect place to try it for the first time because it's very high quality product right yeah and so uh that was it for the sponsors for the actual episode um but i also want to mention and give a a a big thank you to easy tees easy tees is uh also an an in-kind sponsor for the festival supplying some t-shirts for us i want to give a a big shout out to live music community where we're sitting in right now um you know justin's always doing a a lot for us and is uh, helping us facilitate this this podcast and without that we wouldn't have the the festival basically you know wouldn't have led to the festival so i want to thank him give him a huge shout out um, and then uh, Harmony Management Group, is, who is also sponsoring the festival, um, and uh, Mary does a lot of, uh, of uh, accounting and, and office things and stuff like that for a lot of the musicians we know. So if you, if you need anything like that, give Mary a shout at Harmony. So. Yeah, you want, should we talk a little bit about the festival while we're here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's happening April 2nd from noon to midnight. 20 bands for $10. You can't go wrong. I mean, you know, that's 
50 cents a band, people. I mean, it's not bad at all. Um, if uh, if you want to know the full lineup, we have Spread the Dub, Sierra Lane, Sons of a Tradesman, No Name Ska Band, Bryce Allen Band, Victoria Lee, Joey Caldereo, BFD, The Shake, Jake Walden Band, Sandman Sleeps, Fall Victim, Jacob Tacos, Micah Scott, Josh Miles, Dominic Delaney, Ben Childs, Alyssa Kuhn, Fox Maple, and Paper Carcass. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. So these are all past guests on our show. Um, hopefully this goes really well. It goes you know, very well received, and we'll do it again next year, and we will line up another 20 group of people that have uh, been on the show over the course of the year. So Yeah, absolutely. And also, um, I think that there's, there's a very, very high chance, assuming um, I didn't uh, annoy him too much by not sorting it out <laughs> in time, that Marlon Foster will be DJing at it as well. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, a, he's a good friend of the podcast and a great guy. And, um, yes. and we, yeah, I think we're probably going to get him on, on it as well if he, if he wants to. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, tickets are $10. Uh, you can get them in advance at 561musicfestival.com. Um, I believe there's like a dollar service charge or something annoying like that, but it's not too much. Um, and then uh, we have a $25 ticket level, which uh, is ticket and a pre-purchased T-shirt. So you get the T-shirt for a little bit less than you would at the door. Um, and a hug from James Galliano. Yes. Every every ticket gets a hug from James Galliano. <laughs> James, if you're listening, we love you, buddy. Um, and... Um, and uh, yeah, and we still have sponsorships available. So if uh, you know at various levels, starting as low as two fifty for the festival and as low as twenty five dollars for the podcast, depending on what level you're at. So um, if anybody's looking to sponsor the the podcast, they want to get their uh, their name out there a little bit and uh, in the music community, um, or they want to sponsor the festival, uh, now would be a good time since the festival is creeping up on us very yeah, quickly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know it. it if if you want to save Hector and I from an early grave of worrying about money, please uh, get in touch and sponsor the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. And uh, LMC is doing another give and let give. That's right. Yeah. When is, is it, that? Do we know when that is? Yeah, it's Mar- March 4th. Justin, do you know when that is? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Mar- March 4th? March 6th. Oh, hang on. It's March 6th. That's right. Yeah, All right. Yeah. So we're doing another give and let give here at Live Music Community. Ben and I will be here this time. Uh, I apologize. I didn't make it last time, but we'll both be here this time. And uh, it's a great event. And it's going to be um, uh, basically if you have any uh, gear that you're not using uh, or that you don't need, donate it to the school. And it is, it's an event that is basically geared towards getting gear into the hands of kids that uh, they could use it. And, you yep. know, and they're going to put it to good use and learn on it and et cetera. So it's going to be a really amazing event. It went so well last time. Uh, there was a so ton of stuff here and it just flew out. So the many kids ended up with so much cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was exciting. I, if, if I, if, you know, if I was young and there was something like that, I just would, uh, I would have loved yeah. it. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. I just think it's a very positive thing and um, getting, you know, instruments into the hands of people who are actually, you know, going to use it. Yeah. Because you know, there's a bunch of us adults sitting on a huge pile of gear that we're never using. You know? Well, and so. it doesn't have to be instruments. I mean, music gear even. Last time we uh, – I know there was like a PA here last time and, uh, yeah. and I think there's a there's – a, uh, a mixer or a board or something back there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, there, there's all sorts of stuff. So it's not just musical instruments. It's any music gear, period. Um, and if you have something, if you have something, you don't necessarily you know need it, but you need something else, you know, come check out what Justin's got here already because it's also a swap. So if you have something and you want to swap it for something that he has that you need, but you have something you don't need and you want to swap it out so a kid can make use of what you don't need, then by all means, you know, do that as well. But ide- yeah. ideally, let's... Let's uh, donate the stuff and let's let the kids use it. So, Hell yeah. yeah. 
Absolutely. I have a keyboard stand that's been living in my car for uh, six months now, if you guys want that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. I do not need it. <laughs> that's perfect. That's exactly, that's exactly what we're talking exactly. about. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Could you give us a little bit of an idea about what the songs you sang to us were about? Yeah, so the first one um, was about me losing my ever-loving mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wrote that, like, I think mid-quarantine um, in 2020, which it I realize we're now two years away from that, but it still feels like just a, a long 2020. It's still, <laughs> yeah. It still feels like yeah. we're in it. Um, but yeah, it was... So th- that one's called um, All That I Ever Wanted, and it was, I guess, the best way I can describe it was like trying, like kind of wallowing in self pity, but kind of trying to see the silver lining about it. Mm-hmm. Of like, see, focusing, being focused on, um, you know, everything, everything that you lost and like all of the plans and stuff that fell through and like the relationships that you would have with people that you just no longer had. And then, um, but also like, I, what, what's, what's the one line? I know I wrote it, but, (laughs) um, it's like, I, I lost what had come to be the best, but the worst for me. Like you think you wanted something, but you know, it was kind of taken away from you and you're just trying to like, get yourself into this mindset of like it's all going to be okay eventually um so that was that was kind of where what that one stemmed from of just try fake it till you make it basically just like everything sucks right now (laughs) and i'm i'm trying to to be better (laughs) right right yeah um and hopefully there's there is something better on the other side of that um and then the other one is called uh wasn't raised on jesus which pretty self-explanatory <laughs> sure. um that one that one was uh i like that one i've heard that one yeah before. more um more about like my my growing up experience because like my my parents are not religious at all my mom was raised catholic um she went to 12 years of catholic school so is now like a just staunch atheist right, yeah. <laughs> as as so many as so many turn out to Happened be to i my feel dad, like yeah. Yeah. my dad kind of came back a little bit uh, yeah. you know now but yeah that definitely had that yeah effect on like, him for I, sure. I have i have a lot of friends that that have been through either catholic school or just religious school in general and they're just like mm, nope yeah <laughs> done that's, that's me. done with that that's um, me. yeah so um so i grew up with that and then my grandmother was um, she was Catholic, but she wasn't technically allowed to be anymore <laughs> because she was married four times. Right. Um, so, but she became a born again Christian, and so she was very, very religious. Right, and that kind of, uh, you know, they they butted heads a little bit about it, it was more like passive aggressive. But when I would when I would spend the weekends at my grandmother's house, um. She would always, you know, call me into the kitchen and try and read me her daily bread and start crying and, you know, reading me psalms, psalms from the Bible. And I was just like, I don't know what any of this means. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and she she very much wanted me to be religious and wanted to convert me. And I I was That's a surefire way to turn someone right. Up exactly, exactly. I remember uh, I I don't remember this experience exactly, but my my mom tells me that there was one weekend she. Um, 
had left me at my grandmother's house and I went to church with her and I loved church in the beginning because they would just like take the kids into a separate room and they'd show us Prince yeah. of Egypt and give us animal crackers and stuff and I was like <laughs> God is good <laughs> um, um, and then and then when I got a little older and I would stay at her house um, they'd send me to actual Sunday school and ask me questions and I was like I haven't read it like yeah. I, did, I didn't do the homework I don't know what this is um, but when I was about five or so, I guess my mom came to pick me up from a weekend at my grandma's and she came to get me at the church. And there was a man just like writhing around on the floor. And my mom was really concerned about him. And she was like, is he OK? What's going on? And I totally deadpan just looked up at her and said, he's talking to God and just walked out. And she was like, you can't come here anymore. <laughs> so, so I had I had kind of all of those um those memories and you know stories in my head and how how devout my grandmother was and how much she wanted me to find Jesus and like be saved and and believe in a higher power and all of that stuff and then whereas my parents have always just been like you know like just be a good person yeah um and so that was kind of where that came from I was just like I don't I don't have to have religion to be good, to just like be good to people and like sure. be worthy of love or whatever. Sure, sure. So yeah, it was it was just kind of getting in my head about that, thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You know, an interesting, a very interesting subject for a song. Yeah. And and I love a, a song that has a good backstory. Yeah. I'm very into lyrics and meanings in songs, and that's a great. That's yeah. a really good one. There. <laughs> so, do you have any? Uh, do you have got any gigs coming up? Stupid question, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have, I have two more this week before I run away to Europe for six weeks. <laughs> oh, right. So it's right coming up right soon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaving on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, but I am playing at Island Route Cava in, yeah. uh, Jensen Beach on Friday. And yeah. then I'm pretty sure I'm playing in Fort Lauderdale on Saturday at uh, La Marche, which is at the Hilton Fort Lauderdale Beach. Yeah, um, I do some of those island route gigs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I quite enjoy them actually. Um, yeah, it's it's a cool little community there. I don't like Cava at all, right, yeah. <laughs> but I like the Cava bars. Everyone's, yeah, yeah. everyone's super nice there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but if you're into Cava, I'm happy for you and your dirt water. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the those are my those are my next two and then yeah, when I when I come back I have I kinda hit the ground running again back in, in April when I get back. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. So what have we got going on then, Hector? We got on um tomorrow, which is the, unfortunately when the podcast comes out it'll be over. We will have played at Propaganda. That's right. Yeah. We're opening for the uh super suckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that should be fun. And then on Friday, um so if you're listening to this it's gonna be in the evening of today, I'm playing at the Howland Rooster. That's going to be my first time there, playing there solo. And then on Saturday, we are playing at our spiritual home, Paddy Max, in yep. Palm Beach Gardens from 9 to midnight. And um, if you've never seen Kilbilly's play, it is literally the best place to come and see us play. Oh, we absolutely. Just, we're part of the furniture in there. It just makes <laughs> The music makes sense in there. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. just... We just we're just part of the place, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, on a completely separate note, um, this weekend is the Lake Worth Street Painting Festival. Oh, yeah. So cool. I will be out there all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and I will 
probably come all nice and tan and sunburnt on Saturday <laughs> night to the Patty Max gig. Maybe it's time to beat your Guinness World Record. For That's the biggest... not going to happen this weekend. <laughs> not going to happen this weekend. So it turns um, out when we were off mic, Hector, Hector has a Guinness World Record yeah. for the largest street painting. Okay, so the Just sprinkled the, that that little right that little, that little <laughs> anecdote. On so, okay, us. so that piece of information is I have the record. Yeah. And then the record was beat like it less than a year later by ah. by a group of like Chinese artists or oh, something. Oh, so right, you right. don't have and it the was record beat, anymore. And it was beat by <laughs> something dumb, like three feet. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, this was like an over four hundred foot megalodon. Dude. All right, it, so it this good. is what you didn't say in the pre <laughs> said that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and I wonder what classifies as a street painting because could you just paint a straight line four hundred feet long? Well, okay, let me rephrase that: an anamorphic street painting. Okay, so three D. Gotcha. Yes, absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. Absolutely. Um, Tell you what, though, having the second biggest one still super impressive. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, <laughs> you had to know that was coming. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I am doing the street painting festival in Lake Worth this weekend. I have a whole bunch of friends coming in town for the festival. A bunch of artist friends from all over the U.S. And um, I am going to try to wrangle as many as I can and bring to Patty Max. So, yeah, we're dude. Have a good time Saturday night. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, nice it should one. Be good. All right, and then yeah, this Sunday it's Handlebars, the Open Jam at Handlebars. So. So um, if anyone wants not to come in. Not by the flow bots. <laughs> not by the flow bots. Yeah, so if anyone wants to come and uh, play some music with me, you know where to find me. Four to seven at Handlebars Bar and Grill in Tequesta. And uh, that's us. Thank you so much for coming, Summer. Thank yeah. you for having pleasure. me. This was fun. Yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> awesome. See ya. Take a better scene. It's what we're doing.